Before we get started, this is just a quick reminder to Boston area listeners that we'll be doing a live taping of our show on Thursday, March 9th at 7 p.m., which is rescheduled after snow in February. We'll be at Trident Booksellers on Newberry Street in Boston with Margaret H. Willison discussing Nicholas Sparks' tearjerker about white people kissing in the rain, The Notebook. Join us to learn all the behind-the-scenes worst bestseller secrets, like how many times we need to re-record our own intro because we're incapable of saying it. Hope to see you there. Bye. Bye. And hi. And welcome to the Worst Bestsellers, where we read about rich people's kids so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read Gossip Girl by Cicely Von Stegasar. Joining us to discuss this teen book and TV series is my mom, Susan. Hi, Mom. Hello. Hello, Kate. Hello. Thanks for joining us, Mom. My pleasure. So here's a little bit of an intro about what we're doing and why my mom is here. Um, This was actually another one of our Patreon bonus episodes from meeting a certain level of donations. We promised I would get my mom on the podcast, and you guys did it, and here she is. So So fork over a little more, don't (laughs) we? Yeah, if you want mom to come back, that's actually not currently a goal, but we could make it one. Um, So thank you again to all of our amazing donors, and... As with our last bonus episode, we are putting this out on the feed for everyone to listen to, just because it's it's easier that way, basically. But thank you to all of our donors, and if you're listening to this for free, uh, you know, thank a Patreon donor. <laughs> <laughs> and thank my mom for, for reading this book and giving birth to me. <laughs> In no particular order. Yeah, great work all around, mom. Well, thank you, thank you. So, um, why, why we're having my mom talk about Gossip Girl in particular is that last year my mom started watching the Gossip Girl show on Netflix and she got really into it. And for a while she was just giving me all these reports about the Gossip Girl show that, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, sometimes I would recap them on Twitter and they were very popular. Mom's looking at me very shocked. I thought you knew this. (laughs) you're very i know i thought i told you people liked it oh you're very popular on on a medium that you do not check (laughs) (laughs) so uh she loved the show and then we thought we should read a book and talk because that's really our our whole thing is we read books so we read the, the the show of course is based on the book series and one more thing well two more warnings i guess we want to get out before we really dive into this uh, one is there's going to be a spoiler warning, I think, probably for the whole Gossip Girl series. Even though we only read the first book, my mom watched the first show, um, or watched the whole show, and has a lot of opinions about uh, things like the reveal of who Gossip Girl is, which I know was was kind of shocking. I knew who it was just because I, I couldn't help myself from reading about it on, like, Gawker and such. But if for some reason you don't know who Gossip Girl is yet and you're like, no, I'm going to watch that show one day and I don't want to know, just come back later, I guess. Uh, And then also it's just a warning that this book and series is like very casual about eating disorders and sexual assaults and some other things that can be triggering for people. So 
we're probably going to be talking about those because those are plot points. So again, if you don't want to hear about that, just go go listen to our Glenn Beck episode or something, I guess. <laughs> or something else that you like to listen to. I don't know. Bye. But uh, after, <laughs> after all that, if you're still here, let's talk about Gossip Girl. Excellent. All right. So now, now that we've gotten through all of those disclaimers, Mom, do you want to just talk about like why you started watching Gossip Girl? Like what drew you to it in the first place? I think, quite frankly, it was your recommendation. Was it? I've never watched Gossip Girl. <laughs> well, I know, but you know I like those stupid high school romance movies like, um, not stupid, this is a good one, Mean Girls, and, you know, I don't know what you call it. I, I like um, Mindless. Yeah, you were watching Rebelde, the Mexican teen. Uh... Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> You were watching that. Maybe I was. Maybe it was after you finished Rebel Day. That I was like, oh, no, maybe. no, no. It's the other way. Gossip Girl was first. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I was watching some mindless like High School Musical or something like that, and you said, oh, you might like Gossip Girl. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, that was some really good readers advisory. I did. Oh, it Great was. Job, <laughs> it was. Well, I guess we can. If you are not familiar with Gossip Girl, Mom, can you summarize Gossip Girl for for the people? The escapades of people who have more money than they know what to do with. Yeah. I'll focus <laughs> on a high school age group. Yeah. Um, so our, our key players, we got Blair Waldorf, who is that Leighton Meester? I don't know why I'm asking. I'm sure you don't know. Is it Leighton Meester is Blair? And Blake Lively is Serena, which I know you have opinions about. Oh, geez. Mom's shaking her head. Mom, tell us what you think about Blake Lively. Well, she's okay. <laughs> she, she, she's rather attractive and, you know, all that. But in the book, it says something like, oh, she's like the most fiercely beautiful, wonderful creature in the whole universe. And I don't think she's all that. I mean, Blake Lively is Blake Lively. She's attractive and... But in my mind, and that's the problem I have with the TV, is that if I read the book first, my mind draws better pictures, I think, than the casting directors. You know, she's a non-existent, fiercely beautiful, incredible person. But when I see the TV show, she's Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I this is my problem, I guess. Who, you know. who would you cast as Serena? Well, nobody could do it. Nobody. Okay. <laughs> is You know, that's what makes it so good when you read the book is your head can make pictures of, you know, nobody that exists in real. Fair enough. What about the boys? Do you think, I mean, because like Nate and Chuck, like they're supposed to be extremely handsome, good looking gentlemen. Do you think the boys are cute enough? I guess. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're all right. You just like regular rich people, you know, just about perfect. <laughs> okay. One of the so I didn't um I didn't watch the show. I, I've never sat down to watch an episode of the oh. show, but I have seen like clips of it and gifts on Tumblr and ads back when um I lived with my parents and we had cable. But one of the things that really struck me about the book is that because of like, you know, Hollywood hires these like 25 year olds to play teenagers and 
like amps up everything times 20 with like sexiness and whatever. And reading the book felt much more teenagery than the impression I've gotten of the show in the little that I've seen. Like the actual narrative and getting it from the different characters' points of view, it, it kind of like there was a vulnerability there and a sort of innocence almost, despite all the stuff that they were doing, that definitely felt much more grounded in a, oh yes, these are teenagers. Like they're spoiled and they're doing the sorts of things that me as a 30-year-old woman doesn't do because I don't have that kind of means, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they're still teenagers. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a big plot point in the first one is that Blair's a virgin and she she wants to lose her virginity, but she's really kind of, like, waffling about it. I I don't know, on the show, is that, is she a virgin for a long time or is that resolved, like, pretty quickly? See, when you watch the whole show, it kind of blurs what did happen in the first episode or the 300th, you know? It, mm-hmm. Um, but the thing in the book is there's such alcoholics. They're in ninth grade, and, you know, they're hungover before they go to geometry. Yeah. Um, and they just go to this palace hotel, and they're openly served. They're all in high school. Yeah, but they're rich. Exactly. And I think that's the whole point of the book. When you're rich, you can do anything. And Well, we won't start that one. <laughs> uh, just like America. so this book was interesting because because not that much actually it reminds me a lot of of the selection because it was another one where like not that much actually happens like if we were going to do a plot summary i mean we would either have to be very granular and break it down to like well and then serena couldn't sit with blair at lunch and all these sort of like non-incidents or it's like Nothing really, like, Serena had been at boarding school, and then she came back to the non-boarding private school they go to in New York. And it's, I mean, I feel like the best way to summarize it really is to just almost give an overview of each character. Yeah. You know, like, so we have Blair, who uh, had been best friends with this girl, Serena, who went away for boarding school, and Serena was always sort of the most pretty and the most popular. If I may... Blair is Gretchen Wieners and Serena is Regina George. Yes. So with Serena gone, Blair has become the A-lister Queen Bee girl. And she's not like super excited about the idea of seeding that title now that Serena is back. And also Serena hasn't really been, hasn't really reached out to her since she left, aside from some really superficial like postcards and emails and stuff that weren't very best friendy more like oh i'm having a good time in france wish you were here bye Mm -hmm. um so blair is dating this kid nate who was one of when they were growing up blair nate and serena were like bff like their their parents are friends they're on this like rich kid coven and um Blair and Nate had started dating, and that was uh, what Renata was referring to before, where uh, Blair's been really nervous about losing her virginity, so she keeps pulling back, and she doesn't know until later in the book that Nate actually slept with Serena before she left for boarding school when Blair was visiting relatives or something. Yeah. 
And so that's like this heavy thing weighing between them. And once Serena comes back, Blair is very, gives her the cold shoulder, like doesn't tell her about a big party that's going on and like doesn't really engage in conversation with her and kind of directs the rest of the popular crowd to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's a big mystery of why Serena is back. And there's all these different rumors going around of like, did she get kicked out of boarding school? Did she just leave? Or did she get kicked out for being such a slut? Or did she get kicked out for doing drugs? Or what's going on? And at the end of the book, I don't think we actually know. I mean, I think that we know... I think we're left to understand that she wasn't kicked out. She just chose to leave. And probably there was a reason. But I don't think we really know. Just from this yeah. book. I was thinking it was something like... Um... She just didn't feel like going to school, so she just continued her vacation, and uh, her parents don't pay much attention to her, let's put it, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, any normal high school kid could just hang out in France for a month or so until it's too late to start school again, just, you know, keep messing around, keep playing around, drink all the time, but oh... My virginity? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. They're very casual about some things that, like, Kate alluded to things that, like, as adult women, we would never, like, give a Kate Spade bag to a homeless person because those are expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You have one in the first place. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, But, yeah, then, but then... What does make it feel more teenagery is they are sort of more engaged with these things, um, with anxiety about losing their virginity, and why doesn't anyone want to sit by me at lunch? And what is it is an interesting mix, and for me, getting back to it, uh, like the selection, like nothing much happens in this, but also I couldn't put it down. I was just like, yeah, I want to, like I would read more of these probably. Mm-hmm. I might watch the show. I don't know. I I enjoyed this. And it's a TV yeah. show you can multitask through. Yeah. You know, you can do the laundry and zip around and go get the mail, whatever. And you haven't missed anything, really. And every week on the TV show, they recap it so mm-hmm. that you know what's going on. And it it's it's just mindless entertainment. Yeah, for me, much like I think I had the same problem with this, the same reaction to the selection, too, which is I'm not really interested in reading anymore, but I'll probably go look it up on Wikipedia to see, like, who ends up with who and whether or not they get into college and all of that. Um, But not not enough to keep reading or to watch the show necessarily. That's fair. But (laughs) disagree. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, gosh, what else? That's Blair. Blair and Serena are, like, kind of the main two. Yeah. And then Nate is the boy that they're both have, that Blair is currently dating and Serena was in the past. Nate is really just kind of, like, a handsome blank slate, really. Yeah, like, he, it's weird because depending on the chapter, I mean, maybe this is just, like, a really good example of being teenagery. It's not clear whether he wants Blair or Serena more. I think, I felt like it was pretty clear that he wanted Serena more, but he felt a little bad about it. Like, I I almost, maybe that's what it is, because there are definite times where he 
says things and does things to Blair where he really is trying to take her feelings into account. But it could also just be that they've been friends for so long that even though he, you know, would rather be dating Serena, he still doesn't want to hurt her necessarily. Yes. I think that's fair. Um, Then there's Chuck, who's another, like, he's, like, the bad boy, but he's rich. And he's actually kind of like Logan from Veronica Mars a little bit, I feel like, in that he lives in a hotel and is a rich bad boy, but not as good as Logan. Very accurate on that. Veronica Mars is her... You should be watching that show instead of the Gossip Girl. Yeah. If you want unrealistic high school people... I'd go with that one. That one's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, Chuck, I mean, he's sort of around. He doesn't actually do that much until toward the end when he, like, casually sexually assaults Jenny, this ninth grade who, like, ninth grader who, like, really wants to be in with Blair and Serena and so forth. And sh- her family, I mean, clearly they have money, but not as much money as everyone else. And so she's, like, really trying to fit in. And then... And then Chuck. Her, oh. yeah. So she she agrees. There's this big party that Blair is throwing, um, as like a fundraiser for some stupid for the Peregrine thing. Falcons in Central Park. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And uh, Jenny is a calligrapher, so she her ticket to getting in is that they need to make invitations very quickly, and it's very expensive. So she says, "Well, I'll do all the invitations for free," and of course, then they're obligated to invite her to the party as well. Um, but yeah, her Jenny's Jenny's uh, yeah. issue is that she is very developed for her age. Yeah, so when she's at this party, <laughs> when she's at this party, you know, Chuck really just wants to grab her breasts and she's so desperate to fit in that she. Yeah. At first she's like, at first she's like, cool. Chuck's Chuck's talking to me and he's like rich and cool. And then I, she gets a little drunk and then they end up in the bathroom and like she doesn't want it. And yeah. And he luckily Serena walks in at that point and is able to get Chuck to go away, I believe. Yeah. Because Serena, because she'd had this fight with Blair, instead of going to the party, had ended up going to a. Oh, yeah. Vanessa's this artsy girl who is making him Vanessa has a crush on Dan who's Jenny's older brother and Vanessa is making a movie as like her student project and Serena auditioned to be in the movie and Vanessa didn't put her in the movie because she's jealous that Dan has a crush on Serena but Serena is like hey I like all my friends don't like me and I don't really know why so Vanessa do you want to be my friend and Vanessa's like uh, I guess so they're like hanging out Instead of going to the party. But then they do go to the party and now I don't remember why. (laughs) Me either. It's not super important, but yeah, when they're there, Dan, who, you know, we were saying was Jenny's older brother. He's like kind of like an artsy type, like a poet, writer, you know, drinks coffee and smokes cigarettes and thinks that he's better than all of the spoiled rich people which he kind of is to a certain degree but he also even though he doesn't necessarily want to be one of them he a really wants serena and b 
it, it's that sort of like hipsterish, teenagery, performative. I'm better than this. Yes. That he really embraces, like you know, of course he doesn't want to be like them. Like they're losers. He's an intellectual. So we haven't mentioned the titular Gossip Girl yet. GossipGirl.net is a blog that, I mean, it's basically TMZ or Gawker, but it reports on this high school and those, the high school students' comings and goings. And so all the kids at the school read the Gossip Girl and, like, try to figure out what's going on and, like, who is Gossip Girl is a big mystery. And, spoiler alert, in the show, it's Dan. Dan is the Gossip Girl. <laughs> Um, and I just, really, yup. <laughs> and I just Googled because I was like, is he a, in the books? And apparently, in the book series, it was never revealed who the gossip girl is. But in the show, it's Dan. And also, Dan, I believe, is your poor kid. And he, they live in a, a gallery. And I believe there's a divorce with Dan's parents. And um, so they're like um, grubbing for peanuts, according to the rich kids. They're like living in Brooklyn, way over there, not in East Side, Upper Manhattan, wherever. Those poor things live in a gallery, a big, huge loft, and all this artsy stuff. And that—that's their example of the bottom of the cash barrel. Yeah. So, so that's. Dan. So that's what we did. Dan, Blair, Serena, Chuck, Jenny, Gossip Girl, Vanessa. Also, in the show, in the show, Gossip Girl is Kristen Bell, which is great. Like the voice of the blog. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is Dan, but when they that read out the excerpts, it's Kristen Bell. That might have been why I started watching it. Oh, I I probably did mention that, yeah. Because yeah, my, you got really into Veronica Mars. I like that correctly. Show. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's basically what the book is, just like a series of vignettes in the life of these spoiled teenagers and, like, their complicated interpersonal lives. Mm -hmm. Interspersed with, like, blog posts from Gossip Girl, and then usually it'll kind of go in and, you know, like, Gossip Girl might write a sentence like, S was seen leaving this gallery, and then it'll be a chapter of... Uh, this is actually one of my favorite things. Serena went to a gallery, a show of this these artists who did like extreme close-ups of body parts, and everyone and they do a portrait of Serena, and everyone's like, "Is it her eye or her belly button or like her butthole? What is it?" And I thought that was like so funny, just because there was a, then there was a big poster of it on buses, and everyone's like, "Is that Serena's butthole or what?" The, that's a big plot point in this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a recurring thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I think the, all the action takes place over the course of only like a week or a week and a half. Yeah. You know, it opens with this party where Serena reappears after being at boarding school and closes like... A week later at another party that Blair, this party that Blair has been organizing for the Peregrine Falcons. And in the meantime, it just goes back and forth between all these characters' points of view and how they feel about each other and how they feel about themselves as they go to school and skip school and smoke weed and drink and go to galleries and get their pictures taken. 
Yeah, and um, as we've mentioned multiple times, not that much happens. It ends with a lot of things unresolved. We don't really, I mean, we kind of get that Blair, I think, is jealous of Serena. We don't, it doesn't seem like there's actually been a fight. It doesn't really seem like that. It seems like there's a lot more that's going to be resolved with their friendship. Um, It seems like we don't know why Serena left boarding school. It seems like that's going to come back and be explained. Uh, The thing with Dan and Serena and Vanessa, like, that's not really resolved. The the biggest, the closest thing to, like, an action that is resolved is they do stop Chuck from, like, actually raping Jenny. And then it's just kind of like, end of the book, bye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Blair's virginity... Like, she invites Nate over because she's like, yeah, like, I'm ready. And before they can get to it, he, like, spontaneously blurts out, like, I slept with Serena. And it sort of puts an end to it. So, like, even that, like, the simplest of it just nothing, nothing really happens. Nothing happens in this book. Nope. Which I know we say a lot, but. But, like, that's legit. we don't read very good books. (laughs) (laughs) First of all. It's great. <laughs> but also, yeah, not that much happened. <laughs> um, oh, one more thing that uh, in our notes. This book is from 2002, and it is interesting how it's aged pretty well because, I mean, there is the blog, gossipgirl.net, that people check, and there is email. There's not really, like, texting that much. Like, the, it would be interesting to think about what Gossip Girl would be like if it came out now. Mm. Because there would be so much Facebook and sexting and whatever. And these almost feel sort of, like, pure. And, and it, like, they get in trouble for passing notes in school, like, on paper. And it there's not that much technology being used, really. Which really, in I feel like it, it really works in the book's favor. Mm-hmm. Because even though, like, I looked up to see when they came out... Because there's there was one reference that got me, which was they talk about Blair having a palm pilot. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, how old is this? And I, I had known when I worked at the bookstore, the Gossip Girl books were still coming out. And I think like the last one came out while I was working there. And then the next series started. Um, but because there wasn't like texting or Facebook or like dropping very specific technologies, I think it made it much more timeless. Yeah. Because if you would put in like Facebook or MySpace or whatever, it would definitely start to feel dated. It would definitely root it in a time and place. And having all of this happen without them having that much technology, like they reference cell phones, but they don't, they're not on them the way that we're on them. But there's enough references that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, cell phones. Yeah, it just, it, they felt much more timeless to me without all of the technology references than they would have if they had made them, like, this year, I think. Yeah. Mom, how was it on the show? Because I know the show just ended, like, last year. Do they, was there a lot of, like, cell phones or how? Oh, wow. I might not be as current as I thought. I thought I'd seen the end of it. No, um, I think you have, but, I mean, I, but it, I, I mean, the show was went on longer than the books. I mean, like the show only ended fairly recently. What? So toward the end of the show, do you remember there being more like cell phones and stuff? Do they they get on Facebook? It kind of reminds me of the alphabet murders, you know, they're set. uh, Mm. Kinsey Milhone. Yeah. Oh, we're familiar. With, uh, um, 
no cell phones. That way, you know, she can detect the old-fashioned way, you mm -hmm. know. It totally would change the plot in that book if she really had a smartphone, say. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know. I, I don't think there's enough plot that it really matters whether <laughs> they text it or read it online. Same. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't, me, I hate fantasy books. Can't stand science fiction. And, you know, read this stuff. And it is such an artificial world with fake people and, and all that. But they do, you know, they have real Bloomingdale's. They have some real labels and real names, just enough of, of real places that you can almost start to believe that that's how it is with those kind of people. Interesting. And it is good to read before you go to bed. You know, it kind of shuts your brain off. Yeah, it definitely will do that. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's not like you're reading something serious or important. No. It's just like, Somebody reading you about the three bears or something. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of like that. Fair enough. Um, Mom, anything else you want to say about Gossip Girl, the show, or the book before we move on to our dramatic readings? No, but if you really like this kind of stuff, Veronica Mars is really good. No, we'll get to that. Oh, sorry. Remember, we have a oh. section for that. <laughs> we didn't get that far yet? Okay. No, but definitely let's talk about Veronica Mars when we get to our reader's advisory. Um, oh. All right, so... Yeah, I I mean, we've wrapped this up relatively quickly because I don't know how many more times I can say it. Not that much happens in these books. It just mm -mm. doesn't. Yeah. And so now we'll... One cool thing. Oh. In the apartment of Dan's is well, already... In the show? In the, on the TV a show. They have a great big old three foot by four foot poster, poster that says Prada. And then it's got Marfa... And so many, like, thousand miles. Mm -hmm. Well, that is in reference to a Prada installation that is sort of near Marfa, Texas. It's really the other side of Valentine. And it is a facade of a Prada store in the middle of a desert. You're driving along, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, there's a window. It's a Prada store. And you stop, and it's just a facade. So that sign in that TV apartment is in reference to that obscure artistic installation. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my parents spend the winter in basically Night Vale, Texas, just like the middle of the desert. So Prada Marfa is, is near and dear to them for that reason. <laughs> um, and it does seem like the kind of, it, that is actually pretty clever set dressing because it's like, the girl's like Prada, but Dan's edgy, so he likes Prada Marfa, which is not a real store. It's just <laughs> weird art in the desert. Cool. Okay. Uh, so we'll move on to our dramatic readings and give you just a little little taste of the Gossip Girl. And uh, Kate's up first. She's going to introduce Serena Vander Woodson to you. All right. So this is um, the party that Blair's mother is throwing where Serena reappears for the first time since leaving for boarding school. Hello, hello, hello. Blair's mother crowed, kissing the smooth, hollow cheeks of each van of each Vanderwoodson. Kiss, 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 kiss. I know you weren't expecting Serena, dear, Mrs. Vanderwoodson whispered in a concerned, confidential tone. I hope it's all right. 
Of course. Yes, it's fine, Mrs. Waldorf said. Did you come home for the weekend, Serena? Serena Vanderwoodson shook her head and handed her vintage Burberry coat to Esther, the maid. She pushed a stray blonde hair behind her ear and smiled at her hostess. When Serena smiled, she used her eyes. Those dark, almost navy blue eyes. It was the kind of smile you might try to imitate, posing in the bathroom mirror like an idiot. The magnetic, delicious, you-can't-stop-looking-at-me-can-you smile supermodels spend years perfecting. Well, Serena smiled like that without even trying. No, I'm here to... Serena started to say. Serena's mother interrupted hastily. Serena has decided that boarding school is not for her, she announced, patting her hair casually, as if it were no big deal. She was the middle-aged version of utter coolness. The whole Vanderwoodson family was like that. They were tall, blonde, thin, and super poised, and they never did anything. Play tennis, hail a cab, eat spaghetti, go to the toilet without maintaining their cool. Serena especially. She was gifted with the kind of coolness that you can't acquire by buying the right handbag or the right pair of jeans. She was the girl every boy wants and every girl wants to be. Serena will be back at Constance tomorrow, Mr. Vanderwoodson said, glancing at his daughter with steely blue eyes and an owl-like mixture of pride and disapproval that made him look scarier than he really was. Well, Serena, you look lovely, dear. Blair will be thrilled to see you, Blair's mother trilled. You're one to talk, Serena said, hugging her. Look how skinny you are, and the house looks so fantastic. Wow, you've got some awesome art. Mrs. Waldorf smiled, obviously pleased, and wrapped her arm around Serena's long, slender waist. Darling, I'd like you to meet my special friend, Cyrus Rose, she said. Cyrus, this is Serena. Stunning, Cyrus Rose boomed. He kissed Serena on both cheeks and hugged her a little too tightly. She's a good hugger, too, Cyrus added, patting Serena on the hip. Serena giggled, but she didn't flinch. She'd spent a lot of time in Europe in the past two years, and she was used to being hugged by harmless, horny European gropers who found her completely irresistible. She was a full-on groper magnet. <sighs> so you can see what I mean. Like, it's very casual about Serena being a groper magnet. Like, yeah. gross. But probably ac accurate. And, I mean, I'm sure it's exactly what you were picturing anyway, but it's very... You know, that's sort of like over the top, fakey, whatever, mean girl shit. Yeah. And more fat bias. Look how skinny you are. Oh, yeah. A lot of casual body shaming in this, for mm -hmm. sure. Tied in with Blair's eating disorder that's in no way a problem. It's fine. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to read you one of the Gossip Girl excerpts, and my mom will be Gossip Girl, and uh, Kate and I will be a couple of the blog commenters. Take it away, Mom. Okay, from GossipGirl.net. Hey, people! I was in an inter-school play once. I had one great line. Iceberg! Guess which play I was in, and what I was dressed as. 
The 100th person to get it right will win a free Remy Brothers poster. But enough about me. S's modeling debut. Be on the lookout this weekend for the cool new poster decorating the sides of buses, the insides of subways, the tops of taxis, and available online through yours truly, I'm telling you, I'm connected. It's a great big picture of S, not her face, but it has her name on it, so you'll know it's her. Congratulations to S on her modeling debut. Sightings. B, K, and I all in three guys eating fries and hot chocolates with big fat intermixed bags under the table. Don't those girls have anywhere else to go? And we thought they were always out boozing it up and partying down. So disappointing. I did see B slip a few splashes of brandy into her hot chocolate though. Good girl. Also saw that same wig girl going into the STD clinic downtown. If that is S, she's definitely got a bad case of the nasties. Oh, and in case you're wondering why I frequent the neighborhood of the STD clinic, I get my hair cut at a very trendy salon across the street. Dear Gossip Girl, are you really even a girl? You seem like the type to pretend to be a girl when you're really a 50-years-old bored journalist with nothing better to do than to harsh on kids like me. Loser. J.D. Wack. Dearest J.D. Wack, I'm the girliest girl you'd ever want to meet. And I'm pre-college, pre-voting age, too. How do I know you're not some 50-year-old bitter dude with boils on your face taking the inner angel out on, inner angst out on innocent girls like me, Gossip Girl. Dear Gigi, I love your column so much. I showed it to my dad, who totally loved it. He has friends who work at Paper and The Village Voice and other magazines. Don't be surprised if your column gets much, much bigger. I hope you don't mind. Love always, J-N-Y-H-Y. Mind? No way. I'm all about being big. I'm going to be huge. No more crappy one-line parts in inter-school plays for me. You might even see me on the side of a bus sometime soon. Bring it on. You know you love me. Gossip Girl. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Gossip Girl. Mom. And last up, we are... uh going to bring you a little bit of Blair and Serena in our personal drama, the core of these books. And Kate will be Blair and I will be Serena. So tell me about the party. What's it for again? Blair couldn't talk about the cause without smiling self-consciously because it sounded so lame and unsexy. That's why she'd named the party Kiss on the Lips, to give it some allure. It's for those two peregrine falcons that live in Central Park. They're an endangered species, and everyone's worried that they're going to die or starve, or the squirrels will raid their nests or whatever. So they set up a foundation for them, she explained. Don't laugh. I know it's kind of stupid. Serena blew out a puff of smoke and giggled. Well, it's not like there aren't people that need saving. I mean, what about the homeless? 
Well, it's as good a cause as any. We wanted something that wasn't too heavy to start the season off, Blair huffed, annoyed. It was fine for her to laugh at the cause she'd chosen for the party, but Serena had no right. Serena steered the conversation back on course. So is the party, like, just for us, or is it for parents, too? Blair hesitated. Just us, she said finally. She downed the rest of her drink and looked at her watch. Um, I kind of have to take off. She slid her bag over her arm and picked her pack of cigarettes up off the table. Serena frowned. She had taken her time getting dressed, psyching herself up for a wild night out with her friends. She'd expected a big group. Blair and the other girls, Nate and his gang, Chuck and his boys, all the people they always used to hang out with. But I thought we would stay here for a while. Wait for everyone else. Where are you going, anyway? I have a practice SAT tomorrow morning, Blair said, feeling extremely superior, even though she was lying her ass off. I need to prepare for it, and I want to go to bed early. Oh, Serena said. She crossed her arms and sat back on her stool. I was hoping we'd all wind up partying in the Bass's suite upstairs. They still have it, don't they? Back in 10th grade, Serena and Blair and her friends had spent many a night in Chuck Bass's suite, drinking and dancing, watching movies and ordering room service, taking hot tubs. Together, they'd pass out on the king-size bed and stay there until they were sober enough to make their way home. Once, during a very drunken night at the end of 10th grade, Serena and Blair were soaking in the hot tub, and Blair had kissed Serena full on the lips. Serena hadn't seemed to remember it the next morning, but Blair never forgot it. Even though it was just an impulse move that didn't mean anything, thinking about that kiss always made her feel hot and itchy and uncomfortable. That was another reason why it had been such a relief when Serena went away. That's never really revisited in this book. I kind of wonder if there's a lot of Blair and Serena fan fiction. I don't know. I didn't look into it. I'll look into it right now. Great. <laughs> you have thought about that. That'd make it a better book. Right? So on the show, Blair and Serena never hook up. Is that what, what you're telling me? Well, I might have while I was doing laundry or something. <laughs> not that I, you know. Felt. Not a big plot point. Right. If it. All right. Well, let's see. Gossip Girl, the TV show. Um, yeah, it's the third most. It's uh, Dan Blair, Chuck Blair, and then Serena Blair. Interesting. I wonder if it's under books, too. Let's see. When you say third most, like, how many are there? Like, hundreds or dozens or, like, how many? Um, there's only, like, 896 works altogether. Okay. So there's two about 200 Dan Blair, about 150 Chuck Blair, and about 80 Serena Blair. Okay. I'm, I'm satisfied with this, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's move on and play some Would You Rather. Would you rather... Be friends with Blair or be friends with Serena? I mean, at this point in time, just having read this book, not reading any of the other books, not having watched the show, um, Serena seems to be sort of the more chill one. Mm -hmm. So based entirely on this book, I would pick Serena. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing about it is it seems like you have to be like very secure in yourself to be friends with Serena because otherwise you're like, oh, she's like the most beautiful human in the world and I'm garbage. But but Blair seems like really extra. So <laughs> on the other hand, based on their descriptions, like Blair's the one who's taking all these AP classes and she's like really stressed out and like. You know, I have to do all these extracurriculars. I won't get into college. Like, that is more who I was friends with in high school versus Serena, (laughs) who's like, I'm just going to go to France because fuck school. But maybe I would enjoy being friends with Serena more. So, I mean, I'll answer that I would rather be friends with Serena, but I maybe would have actually ended up being friends with Blair, if anyone. Mom, your thoughts? Uh... On the TV, Blair is so pampered and so she has her own personal maid. I, I just, I just don't like Blair. She's kind of maybe she reminds me of one of those people that take their personality totally from whoever they're with. Mm, yeah, I think she. I think that's correct. And where Serena. She may be a royal bitchy pain in the ass, but at least you know what you're up against. It's true. Also, Serena has a Russian blue cat, and I think I think the cat could be friends with Dorte. So that's important. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat's name is Kitty Minky. But I'm sure Dorte will have more to say about that when we get to his turn. All right. How about would you rather save the Peregrine Falcons with Blair or make a movie with Vanessa? Which, by the way, we did not mention that her movie is like an adaptation of War and Peace. But it sounds like really pretentious. It did make me laugh, though, because I know so much about War and Peace now because of Great Comet. Yeah, I thought of you. I almost texted you when I got to that part. And I was like, no, I'll just wait and talk about it on our podcast. (laughs) And here we are. Yeah, I would say Dave Malloy did a much better adaptation of uh, War and Peace than Vanessa was trying to do. Um, but but Vanessa anyway, because, well, I mean, when we say save the Peregrine Falcons, we really just mean go to this fancy party, right? I Yeah. You know, then I, I think I might choose Blair because that's a fancy party where you get free food and, you know, drinks and don't have to put up with a pretentious high school filmmaker who has a vision. You just get to get dressed up and get free food, which I'm into. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to Blair's party. Vanessa, I mean, again, in high school, I probably, like, would have been friends with or been Vanessa, but she... Is real pretentious and real embittered by her life choices. How about you, Mom? Hmm. I I go with the Blair party. You know, there's going to be high quality food there and drink. Enough people that you can avoid the ones you really absolutely hate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it'd be worth it for the grub. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I'll see you guys there. And, uh, last up, would you rather eat at the Waldorf's dinner party or eat at Steaks and Cakes, which if you have not listened to our episode about Christian Mingle the movie, you might not be aware that, uh, we have retired Christian Mingle as the sponsor of our podcast and moved on to being sponsored by the fictional restaurant Steaks and Cakes. 
steaks and cakes. The restaurant where literally all you can eat is steaks and cakes. <laughs> steaks and cakes. <laughs> uh, I would absolutely rather eat at steaks and cakes where I could get both a steak and a cake. Yeah, I'm I'm vegetarian, but I would still eat at steaks and cakes for two reasons. Uh, the dinner party sounds real awkward. And also, even if you don't eat a steak, you can get a whole cake just brought to you. and that's Just a full cake. Just a full-on cake. Just for yourself. And I would do it. <laughs> oh, no. I'd go with Blair's party. Yeah? Yeah, just to see what the rich people are doing, you know? You do, you do really enjoy people watching. I do. I'm a born voyeur. And I, I could... <laughs> I could just sit in a corner with my little pile of food and, you know, see what they're all doing and what they're wearing. I think it'd be a great entertainment value. You could probably, like, take home leftovers, too, because none of those people actually eat food. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good thinking. All right. Well, sounds good. Um, But meanwhile, Kate, I'll meet you at Steaks and Cakes. Excellent. (laughs) And now we'll move on to Reader's Advisory. Mom, it's your time. It's your time to tell the people about Veronica Mars. Okay, if you want something good with high school, well, a little improbable, but Veronica Mars is a detective, high school, and that show is good. It really is. It's Kristen Bell is Veronica Mars, and it's just a plain good show. It's entertaining, and that's probably why they took it off the air. It's too good. Too good. Too and- beautiful for this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if you're into uh, these rich high school people world things, then I might recommend the telenovela Rebelde. And it is, um, oh, (laughs) it makes Gossip Girl seem real. I mean, not only are they rich and daughters and sons of the famous in an elite school, it's isolated. So it's entirely their own little world. And I'm not bilingual, unfortunately. And so it's it's not mindless TV for me. I have to read along as I go. And um, in, oh, 40-some episodes, uh, and there's probably 300 more, I picked up a little Spanish, obvio. <laughs> and that's it, obvio. Nice. Um, okay, I'll chime in. We've already made like 700 Mean Girls references, but oh, that's good. if you haven't seen Mean Girls, I mean, yep. if you have avoided it all this time, I guess there's probably a reason, but Mean Girls is a classic. It's great. Mean Girls. Um, also going along with Veronica Mars and the theme of like watching rich people, uh, Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars, also created the show Party Down, which is about a catering company in Hollywood, and so they're always going to these, like, fancy parties and just observing the most ridiculous rich people. I love it. Adam Scott is in it pre-Parks and Rec. Very funny. Uh. Um, so, like I was saying earlier, the Gossip Girl books, the first series was just winding down when I started at uh, the bookstore, and the second series was picking up. So the It Girl is the next Gossip Girl series, and I think there's another one even after that. Mm. But simultaneous to Gossip Girl, like books about 
clicky rich girls at fancy prep schools was basically an entire subgenre. I don't know if it's as hot now as it was like we're talking eight or nine years ago at this point. Um, it's not. I mean, even like my library, we weeded all the gossip girl books because nobody's reading them anymore. Yeah. Sorry. So if you did like that, um, some series that were also coming out um, with Gossip Girl when Gossip Girl was at its peak were The A-List, The Click, Private, Pretty Little Liars. And they're all very similar within that vein of like, we're all in high school and we're rich and we're catty and there are social machinations at work. I will say in grad school, I read the first The Click book and I hated it. It's like Gossip Girl, I think is a lot more like, I don't know, clever, more something. And the Click is garbage. If you're looking for a good book about the inner machin- social machinations of uh, a prep school, I would recommend The Disreputable History of Frankie Landau Banks. Oh, yeah. But. Uh, by E. Lockhart, which is great. It is about a girl who essentially decides she's going to game the system and figures out how to do that. I don't want to give too much away, but it's great, and you should read it if you haven't already. Yeah. Also, her book, E. Lockhart's book, We Were Liars, um, not not a boarding school, but about rich people and how they're weird. Yeah. Um, the movie, The Falling, is a British movie that is, it's okay. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it, um, but it was interesting. The cast was good. About a girls' boarding school where all the girls are slowly one by one overcome by this sickness where they just faint dead away. Um, and it like slowly takes over the whole school and there's like question about whether it's actually a sickness or if it's a psychosomatic thing or if it's just all of these girls doing this for attention. Interesting. The movie The Moth Diaries is a lesbian boarding school kind of like creepy but not really horror movie with sort of vampires. Um in this one, the queen bee, it's less like, oh, like we're all friends and like the queen bee and more like we're the two most popular girls and we're dating. And now there's a new girl and she's trying to take my girlfriend away. And also maybe she's a vampire. Nice. It was really good. All right. I'm going to throw out two more TV shows before we move on. One is a show that I haven't actually seen, but I really want to, but I haven't figured out how to watch it. Uh, it's called Filthy Preppy Teens, and it's produced by Rob or uh, Paul Shear and some other people. But um, it's kind of a, a parody of these. And Paul Shear oh. has done also like um, Burning Love, which is a parody of like The Bachelor and uh, oh. Oh, what is it, The Hot Wives of Atlanta, which is like a real housewife. Like he is very funny and does a lot of these like parody type things. And so this is his Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars type parody. And it's, it's probably funny based on his track record, but I haven't actually seen it. And then, um, a lot of this book is just sort of describing fashion and describing like shopping trips. And so if, if you're into that, and also just cause it's been a little while since I've randomly recommended it, I will say, of course, RuPaul's Drag Race Great fashion, great entertainment, great catty bitches. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Um, so we'll have all these and maybe some more up on our website, worstbestsellers.com, under the Reader's Advisory page for this episode. 
And now we'll move on to our candy pairing, where we'll suggest a candy to go along with this fine book. For my candy pairing, uh, as usual, well, not as usual, as frequently, it's not actually a candy. Um, I would recommend eating a half grape fruit while you're uh, reading this book in public so other people see how like health conscious you are but then at night when you go home to finish it in your bed you scarf an entire pack of pop tarts in secret that sounds about right yep uh i'm saying those boozy chocolates that you know they're it's like a little bottle and it has booze in it because these girls are drunk all the time and also those are delicious and i was pretty into this book I personally think that, well, none of the gossip girls would eat candy. Not when you could use calories up with alcohol. Mm -hmm. But for those of you who like to read and eat, I would recommend one Tic Tac. Which is also a drag race reference because that's when the queens get their lunch with RuPaul, they get one Tic Tac. So that's another similarity here. All right, now we'll move on to our favorite game, The Rock, Paper, Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book, and my mom will choose which would most enhance the book. But first I want to ask, Mom, who is Wolverine? Oh, he's from a comic book. Yep, great. And I think he's a villain, Oh, no. He's not a villain. He's something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. How about The Rock? Do you know who's The Rock? Yeah, he was on People Magazine, the cover, not too long ago. He was. He was Sexiest Man. Uh, yes. I know who he is. Okay, great. I just wanted to check in about that. Nah, the Wolverine, <laughs> not so much. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> Uh, if Dwayne The Rock Johnson were in this book, he'd probably be invited to one of the fancy parties so someone's mom could show off that they knew The Rock. Oh. He'd probably stick around and shake hands and post for pictures for a little while, make an Instagram post, and then head back home to play with his baby and pets. Aw, The Rock. Okay, well, if Wolverine were in this, he would save the Peregrine Falcon single-handedly because he's not a villain mom. He is a hero. Oh. <laughs> Although one with a tragically dark backstory. But anyway, he would save the Peregrine Falcons and then refuse to have anything to do with any of these people except to steal their liquor and go home. Hmm. Well, that is a tough one. There are <laughs> some good choices. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. I, um, I'll go with save the Falcons. Yeah. I'll pick the Wolverine to... Steal all the alcohol and <laughs> save the little little falcons and, you know, at least there'll be some good come out of all this. That's true. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, just, just a casual reminder that Wolverine can talk to elephants and he's very upset about ivory poaching. That's comics <laughs> canon. So I feel like he would save the peregrine falcons. Yeah. In a similar escapade. All right, so that's how we play The Rock, Paper, Snicked. And uh, now we'll move on to the moral of the story. My moral is stop trying to make fetch happen. My moral is it's so hard being pretty and popular. If you're rich, you can do and be anything. Yep. 
All right. And now we'll move on to Dorje's Corner, where my cat Dorje will give his opinions about the book. Right, you know, Duarte, I completely agree. I do think Serena's cat, Kitty Minky, was the best character in this book, and I don't know why she wasn't in it more. It's an outrage. I mean, I do think that most of these books are ghostwritten, so while normally I would be like, you should save your own series from Kitty Minky's point of view for fan fiction, because of the nature of this series, you know, they might be looking for the next big thing to carry on the franchise. So you should pitch that to them. You know, honestly, I feel like that's a legitimately genius idea. Like, I th- <laughs> I think there are, like, mysteries and stuff that are, like, you know, the cat solves the mystery. But I don't think there's any teen gossip books that are just, like... The cat is hanging out in the bedroom where, like, Serena and Nate are fucking, and the cat is like, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't wait to tell my blog about this. <laughs> and because the oh cat... Oh, my God, the cat is Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> the cat sees everything. <laughs> okay, great idea, Duarte. Thanks, as usual, for your opinions. Um, and now, do any humans have any closing thoughts? No. <laughs> These books really didn't take that much thinking power to have leftover thoughts. Yeah, we co- we covered it pretty thoroughly. Precisely. Um, well, in closing, I will take one more opportunity to thank our Patreon sponsors for uh, for getting us to this level where we we could get my mom on board. And thanks to my mom for being our very first Patreon sponsor. Uh, one of our next Patreon goals that we hit was me having to watch all the Twilight movies. Oh, God, I can't wait. So we are working on that. But unfortunately, there are very many movies. And also, in addition to the podcast, uh, I have a full-time job. So piecemeal. We're going to start a piecemeal. And we'll start figuring out how we are going to present that to you uh, no, as we We've go. got to block off a whole weekend and just watch them all in one marathon. Because that would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, but we'll we'll figure that out eventually. Thanks for your patience. And, and all you pikers who haven't forked over a few dollars <laughs> for a little donation, I mean, stop and think. You go to the movie, what's it, 10 bucks? And that's without popcorn. You know, mm-hmm. and this, you, you get some quality entertainment, a little food for thought, you know? So, you know, you give up the popcorn, you fork over for the worst bestsellers. Yeah, thanks, Mom. No problem, kid. <laughs> Don't eat popcorn. Love Why worst bestsellers. Give the money to worst best. Simple. Go, what you do is you go to CVS, you buy your candy, you put it in your purse, and then you save that, and then you don't want to buy popcorn because you only spent a dollar on candy. And then give the rest to worst bestsellers. <laughs> Everybody happy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you can uh, like us on Facebook where we're the worst bestsellers. You can follow us on Twitter where we're the worst bestseller with no S because the S is being used by GossipGirl.net to refer to Serena. You can join our Goodreads group on Goodreads.com. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you do, please take a moment to rate and review us. When you rate and review us, it pops us up a little bit in the listing and allows more people to find us. 
if you don't rate and review us, we're going to spread terrible rumors about you to Gossip Girl. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, as we were saying earlier, you can support us on Patreon, where you can pledge a small recurring monthly (laughs) donation in order to allow us to make the podcast better and pay us back a little bit for the time that we put into it. Yeah. Uh... I don't actually know when this will be released because it's a bonus episode. So just, we'll be back. We'll be back and we'll read something else and you'll listen to it probably. Bye. 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 Thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll put in real Duarte sounds later. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs>